Hi, everybody, and welcome to season three of Little Wisdom, where we explore self-development one baby step at a time. Today, we are recording very early in the morning, but once you find out who it is, you will know exactly why this is happening. Uh, we're speaking to an inspiring business leader, best-selling author, keynote speaker, podcast host, and award-winning entrepreneur. He is the co-founder and managing director of Executives Global Network in Southeast Asia, which is the largest confidential peer group network providing more than 800 senior executives and business owners a safe haven to share their challenges, to receive support, and basically to learn from each other. Today's guest is also deeply passionate about physical health, mental health, emotional health awareness, and also believes that well-being is crucial for leaders to perform at their best. I couldn't agree more. Uh, he's also written a best-selling book, Executive Loneliness, The Five Pathways to Overcoming Isolation, Stress, Anxiety, and Depression in the Modern Business World. And, I mean, there's a lot more, but he is a 2021 top 1% World Age Group Triathlon Athlete by Ironman, which has taught him the importance of resilience and a goal-driven mindset, and of course, getting up early to start your day. Ladies and gentlemen, Nick Johnson. Welcome, Nick. Thank you so much, Shobh. It's great to be with you this early morning on a Monday. <laughs> yeah, I was telling you earlier, I normally don't get up this early, um, but I knew that this was a conversation I really wanted to have because I think this will really resonate, but also inspire a lot of people, uh, you know, your journey of triumph and, and uh, everything that you've been through. Um, so maybe I think we'll kick it off right there. You know, you've been very open in sharing your journey uh, and your personal battles of physical and, and mental wellness uh, to get to a point right now where you are clearly thriving. And, I, you know, I pray and hope you continue to do so throughout the rest of your days. Uh, could you tell a little more to our listeners who are not aware of your journey or don't know you what that journey is? Yes, absolutely. Sure. And let me just give a very brief intro here also to put it in context. So I was born in Sweden, educated in Australia, and then I lived and worked the last 20 years in Southeast Asia and um, working my way up the corporate ladder, perhaps elbowing my way to the top through the rat race, you know, uh, doing what societies ask for you, you know, be the best and go that way. And once I reached the top, I realized that it can be, as they say, quite lonely at the top. And, and, and that was where I found myself. You know, I had the salary, I had the package, I had everything that society told me that this is what you should get, but that was not making me happy. And once I was there, then I was questioning everything in my life. And I have also been, you know, let go of a couple of jobs, which probably resonate with the listeners as well. Uh, one job where I felt, you know, it, it, it was not my fault, but I ended up in a conflict with my boss and so on. And looking back at that, I was at fault, but I was in denial at the time because, again, the society telling us we should just push forward. And uh, then the second time, again, I was let go. But this was a time when it was a merger and acquisition, and that was completely outside of my control. And I'm sure many listeners also can uh, resonate with this, or maybe they have a friend who just been let go. So that was where I was, and suddenly I realized, you know, what is happening here? And that filled me with a lot of anxiety. Then I managed to get another top job, but then I felt so worried that I was going to lose the job again. So in the end, I resigned from this job and because I wasn't happy. And then I questioned myself, you know, and that was the place I was in. Right, right. And so what would you say was the lowest point 
amid uh, this whole journey that you've been and how do you begin to like like you mentioned you know there's a lot of it sounds like there's a lot of uncertainty and um and also trying very hard not to sneeze so we're uncertain about whether the sneeze is going to happen or not <laughs> but uh you know there is a lot of uncertainty that we will face uh in our daily lives in our professional and personal lives as well and it sounds like that was the case how do you navigate that that uncertainty yeah so at the time i didn't have the tools i didn't know how to deal with it and i was trying to do perhaps what many of us would do dealing with it myself i didn't reach out i didn't ask for help I did not want to expose myself. I was trying to make sure that on the outside, everything looked great. So the two times I was let go from a company, uh, while it's really hurt internally, I couldn't really explain it outside. I was trying to make it sound like a beautiful story. And when I resigned from my job, which was a fantastic job, again, I didn't consult with anyone. I didn't get the mentor or sponsor or someone I spoke with about it. So it was a decision I made alone. And that was uh, probably the wrong decision looking back in hindsight. But I did it. And therefore, you know, those were the, the, the issues at the time. And then because I resigned from a job and I felt lonely about that, I also at the same time went in for a divorce with my wife and uh, separated from my uh, son as well. At that time, he was five years of age and that put me even. So every action I did, I just became more isolated, more lonely. And I didn't tell anyone still what was going on. So that was what was happening in my life. And, and, and that led me to you know, changing my healthy diet into fast food. I was also already an athlete. I was uh, doing, um, uh, you know, good times in marathons and triathlons and so on, trying to balance life. But I lost also all my discipline around that in this time. And I re then started to consume alcohol and that became, you know, a bad habit. And before I knew it, it was an addiction. And yeah. that led me to the lowest point, which I hit in 2018. Right. Right. And how do you, I mean, first of all, that's, uh, that's a lot for any person to take. I think at anyone who's has, has to go through any form of separation or grief of letting go of certain relationships. Uh, it's always a painful journey and, and not an easy one at that. And I think it does seep into other parts of your life. You know, as, as you demonstrated, you were, you know, uh, already into fitness and health, but when life takes a bit of a punch at you, it starts seeping into other areas of your life and, and you know, we can feel like we're at our lowest and our loneliest. So how do you find a way to pay forward? Where did that start for you? Well, it started at my rock bottom because only then was I in so much pain and I felt I couldn't go any lower and lose anything more that I decided to ask for help. And that was when I had a V-shaped recovery, literally within 24 hours, because I, I then told one person who's today my new wife, uh, we've been married five years, I told her how I felt and what was going on inside me. And she was shocked because at that time she thought I had everything. Everything looked so good on the outside. So she was very surprised, but she did what many human beings would do. She listened with empathy and it feels like, you know, a problem shared is a problem half. And I really had that experience instantly. And then she took me to a doctor and she told the doctor what I had told her. Uh, uh, and then after that, she took me to a friend who had had some problems with alcohol before. And she explained about my alcohol problem. So within 24 hours, I was exposed and uh, the, the secrets and the silence inside me was gone. And with that, the biggest pain was gone. 
Wow. I'm just writing down what you just said because it's so powerful that the secrets and silence within me was gone. And I think it's a testament to to prove that sometimes, no matter how strong we think we are, and I think for men, it's also this thing of not having to say or speak or, or, or talk about what you're feeling or don't know how to talk about it because it's never been taught. Um, but like you said, a journey, uh, so, you know, pain or anything shared is halved. And I've met your wonderful wife. I mean, she's she's amazing. I love her, her enthusiasm and her positivity. Like every time I see her, I'm just like, I don't know how she does it, but she's amazing. Um, so I'm glad that happened. Um, could you explain a little more about what you mean by a V-shaped recovery for people who are not familiar with what that means? Yeah, because if I'm going back to before I told her, just even today before, I remember lying on the bed, you know, my heart really, uh, you know, pumping, my uh, my blood works is really bad and I'm, I'm struggling just to get out of bed. It's like if someone has had a bad flu or influenza or remember when they were knocked by by some illness, when you just cannot make it out of bed, you struggle to get out of bed. That was basically the shape I was in just before I just could hardly walk one kilometer. It was really difficult. And and then after, uh, when I had told uh, then uh, Donna, my wife, and, I, and the doctor, and then the friend, then it all had changed. And what I mean with the V-shaped recovery is because I was coming back and seeing back to life, being more full of life than perhaps I'd never been before. It's like a different life, a new life, uh, and then the, the following thing that happened was that I also joined then a recovery group for people who had had alcohol problem. And there I was sitting in, in, in that room sharing again my story and also listening to others who've gone through similar things before. And I realized that I wasn't alone. You know, this was something that yeah. many senior executives had gone through. And yes. that made me feel part of something that I wasn't uh, the only one. Yeah, yeah. I think that definitely helps. I was talking to somebody, uh, one of my best friends, about some stuff yesterday. And, uh, you know, I realized like talking to her and sharing stuff in which I hear her point of view and something similar. And I'm like, oh, actually, like, not that it's not so bad. It still hurts in certain ways or things happen. But you feel like, you know, the universe is not singling me out to be like, I am going to pick on this person today, <laughs> you know, that it's life and it happens to all of us. But there's a journey and there's a recovery. So if someone, let's say, is in a similar situation as you were before, um, they're feeling at their lowest point, might not be exactly the same, but they are feeling at their lowest. Um, what would you you know, say to them about where they can get started or how they can get out of bed and move? It's about telling another human being and perhaps write it down on a paper first, you know, the feelings you have. And, and that's the first step of my book, by the way, uh, taking stock where I ask everyone, you know, get a spreadsheet or a pen and paper and write down. So in my case, I, I, I was overweight. I had problems with alcohol. I stopped exercising and, and, and I was completely secret silent. I had to write those things down and then one by one think, who can I talk to this about? And and when you do that, you know, there's so many people you can reach out to. Uh, I, from, for example, is a volunteer and fundraiser for SOS Samaritans in Singapore. It's a hotline full of volunteers. You can call 24 hours a day asking for help. Or there's so many charities. Uh, I, I just mentioned also if someone has alcohol problems, but there's literally an organization for every addiction from uh, eating to gambling to social media addiction. All those associations are out there. It doesn't cost money. You can pick up the phone and call 
and talk to someone who's been there before and who will listen and who can help you right away. And that would be my advice to listeners. And that is if someone is very sick, if you're just feeling a bit bad, just do what I do. Tell someone who's around you because you will feel better. Right, right. You spoke early a little bit about denial, you know, that sometimes that's the you know difficult part. And a lot of times you would look back at things and you know, you're like, oh, it can't be me. It has to be them or somebody else. Can you speak a little more about denial and how your relationship with denial has changed in, you know, well, trying to get over it? Yeah, I think uh, especially in, in the workplace and if you're driven senior executives, many times the ego is what's there. It's perhaps not, uh, uh, you know, it's more perhaps about winning and proving that you're right, even if that's not the case and you're just storming forward. And you, as I mentioned, also elbow to your well, way to the top through the rat race. And, and then many times, perhaps the, it is the ego that is running the show. And we need to take a step back from that. And, and, you know, these days I'm trying to lead in a completely different way where I'm trying to be there for the colleagues and have a, a fail fast culture where people are not afraid of testing and trying and admitting what they learned from it instead of looking at it as mistakes. So it's all about the culture of an organization. And um, perhaps when we work our way up, I, I, I didn't have any uh, senior leaders who were vulnerable. I didn't have anyone who taught me how to lead. I copied my bosses and obviously <laughs> they would do, they were also going lonely and isolated. Right. Um, I wanted to touch a little bit. You mentioned about didn't have any senior leaders who were uh, vulnerable. Um, and it's interesting because I was having a conversation in one other one of our podcast episodes about this coach, and he spoke about vulnerability and how difficult that was. Uh, he said, especially with his male clients, uh, what what do you feel about that equation when it comes to you know leaders who are men or just men and vulnerability, and whether you think that's a powerful thing to have or does it make men feel not so powerful? Yeah, it's a great question. In fact, I'm writing my second book now, and it's about vulnerability. And Super. So I, this is, yeah, okay. it's a topic this is a I'm writing. To that, then. <laughs> yes. So vulnerability, and even if you look today on, if you look on some of the dictionaries online, like Oxford Learners and so on, it's still a negative term. Uh, the term uh, vulnerability is about being weak, vulnerable, and, and being under attack and showing weakness. So that is where we are coming from. But there's also new definitions out there showing that it's a strength because if you are vulnerable that means that you are demonstrating to the people around you that you don't know everything you don't have all the answers and you're opening yourself up to getting support from others and you're looking at you know what could be the best way out here and that is of course a great place to be if i had that mindset before i would not have gone down the hole that I was doing. So I would urge and recommend everyone, of course, to be vulnerable. However, again, society and perhaps our previous generation of parents didn't raise us that way. So we need to break the pattern and practice what I call the vulnerability muscle, where we need to build this up. And the best way to do this is starting in a confidential, safe environment. It can be with a coach or a mentor in a one-on-one -on -one environment where you have some trust and you start opening up. Then when you are comfortable to do that one-on-one, -on -one, you can move on to mastermind group, confidential peer groups, which is what I'm working in my line of work, or some other safe space like in a recovery group where I opened up about my alcohol issue and I didn't feel judged in there because others had had similar issues. 
Do you feel that's one of the biggest hindrances to being vulnerable, the fear of being judged? Yes, definitely. And I wouldn't recommend to anyone to go on blast on the social media, all the secrets and the problems right away. Uh, I, my story is now exposed. It's even in the book on Amazon, but yeah. it took me a few years to get there. Right. Yeah. You have to kind of solidify and make peace with that story yourself before you let it out. Yeah. That that's good. That's good advice. Do not put it on social media, everybody. Go speak to somebody in private and confidentially and someone you trust. That's that's good advice. Um, Nick, you spoke a little bit about executive loneliness, and of course, you have a book uh, on that as well. Could you explain what that is? Yes, and uh, it came out of uh, you know reading books on the topic, and as I say, it's lonely at the top, and I wanted to look into further uh, if it's really at the top or if it's through the whole organization and. I found that it can be at any level of the organization if the culture is not open and you're not talking to each other. You can mm -hmm. be a middle manager and feeling isolated. So I thought that, you know, the term it's lonely at the top is a bit isolated in itself. Well, it can be, you know, uh, loneliness all the way through the organization. So that was my founding. And that's why, you know, I interviewed senior executives. Um, and I found, uh, you know, shocking findings, including interviewing a Singaporean lady being a managing director of a bank. And she was uh, a managing director of one department, but she felt so isolated that she even had rehearsed her own suicide twice because she didn't have anyone to speak to about her issues and challenges. And it was only when I interviewed her for the book, uh, the second interview, she opened up to me. And uh, following that, she's been through uh, also a big recovery and she's still today on God and leave from her company, but she's living the, the, the life of her dreams. So that's what can happen when we are exposed, when the secrets are uncovered. And I also have another saying about this and I say you're only as sick as your secrets. And that is what I think we're talking about here. Wow. You're only as sick as your secrets. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you feel it's better to let things out rather than let them simmer within and and rot within? Yes, absolutely. So this managing director, the, the lady I spoke about, after she felt comfortable enough uh, for me to use her story, and it's inside the book uh, and uh, without using her name, uh, but the fact that she had spoken this out to me a few times and spoken with me about it, she uh, later on decided to tell her company and her boss about it, and she received full support from them uh, and uh, and was overwhelmed by feelings. Why did I hold this inside me for all these years? I should have just spoken before. And that's the sort of the realization that most people have when they speak up. Yeah, yeah. It's like a weight is lifted off your shoulders. And I agree with you. I think there's been times in my life when I felt like I can't tell anybody this or you know, I got to deal with it myself or other people have it so much worse. Why should I say something? But it doesn't mean that you're not experiencing that pain. And every time I've gone to somebody with something to say, I feel like, okay, it's off my shoulders now. And it's, you know, I can deal with it. It's, it still hurts, but I can deal with it. So, so thank you for reminding us of that. Um, Nick, uh, if there's one piece of wisdom, I mean, there's been a lot of wisdom here in this conversation. There is a lot that I'm writing down. Um, but if you could leave the audience today with with one thing, uh, what would it be? Well, it would be to every day before you go to bed, take a daily inventory and with a pen and paper. I always have post-it notes and pen and papers next to my desk. Write it down if there's some pain point there 
and see, think about if you can deal with it before you go to bed. Otherwise, make sure that you promise yourself that you do it the next morning. And it can be anything from something you said to someone. If you sent an SMS or an email to someone that wasn't quite nice, make those amends before you go to bed so you can have a deep sleep. Or if there's some serious pain or some issue that you have, do reach out. Even if it's just sending a message, I'm not, uh, I, I'm, I need some minutes with you tomorrow. Can I please give you a call? Just send that before you go to bed. The next morning you wake up, you can take uh, clean up everything. So we need to move forward by always, you know, speaking about the things that we're not feeling good about. Right, right. Well, that is very good advice. Yeah. Nick, I do have one last question. I, I don't want to let this conversation end this easily because I'm curious. And obviously, I see your background with the triathlon and all of that. What is your daily routine like? And I'll tell you why I asked this is because we always hear about, you know, top level executives and managers and, you know, CEOs and everybody gets up early. Like I said, I don't get up this early unless it's for this conversation. But I feel like they have a certain routine of getting up early and then, you know, getting things out of the way. I'm curious to know what your daily routine is like. Yes. And when I lived in Singapore, my alarm was normally on 4.15 a.m. every day. So I could go up and exercise uh, in the morning. Uh, now, when I'm in Phuket, normally I'm up around 5 a.m. I go up and do one or two hours of uh, meditation, prayer and do some work in the morning to prepare for the day. Then I have my morning exercise and then I have a breakfast, come back and work and, uh, and then uh, I work until afternoon, then late afternoon, early evening, I have a second exercise. So I break up my day uh, in that way. And the exercise is not always intense. It can be like this morning uh, after this, I will have swim um, right. and then tonight the run. So I try to mix up by having two workouts a day during the work working, uh, working days, Monday to Friday. On the weekend, it's more uh, longer exercise and so on but every time also with socializing. So the swim this morning is with a group, so a swim academy. So I get socializing also and get to meet other people. So I get out of the office and break the pattern. Okay. All right. That's good to know. Thank you for reiterating that exercise doesn't always have to be intense because I think that's what stresses people. They think it's got to be intense and, you know, this Arnold Schwarzenegger type of routine, <laughs> which I think many of us will not be able to do. Um, but yes, it can be gentle and they can start start somewhere small yes absolutely. all right super well nick thank you so much for being here and for this conversation for sharing your routine and your wisdom and you know discussing your journey of of triumph and taking control and and steering you know the direction of the life wherever we want it to go and to remind us that we have the power to do so um and also just a couple of things about you know trying to just step over the denial and that a problem shared is a problem halved and people should, you know, just kind of reach out to whoever they trust confidentially first and, uh, you know, seek help wherever they need to. And to remember that it's OK to break the pattern and be vulnerable and build that muscle and forge ahead to craft a new path for themselves that that is very much possible to do. Absolutely. That sounds wonderful, Chip. <laughs> well, I'm glad. I'm glad it makes sense this early in the morning. So, so that's good. <laughs> uh, Nick, if people want to come and find you or contact you uh, or get your book, uh, you know, how can they do so? 
Uh, if they're interested in the book, they can go to Amazon. It's called Executive Loneliness. It's there as a book. It's also there as a Kindle, and it's also there as an audio book if someone want to uh, listen to it when they're doing their morning workout. Uh, otherwise, they can uh, go to LinkedIn on my website, and it's nickjohnson.com, N-I-C-K-J-O-N-S-S-O-N.com. Okay, super. And we'll put all of the links in the description below uh, for the video episode and also for the podcast so people can click and get to you easily. Um, once again, thanks so, so much, Nick, for for being here and for talking to us and, and you know, sharing all of this about your journey. I think it's going to inspire a lot of people. And to all the listeners and audience who are watching, thank you for, for joining us today and listening to this and watching this. And remember to share this with somebody who needs it. Maybe it's you, so maybe watch it again. But always pass it on to a friend if you feel something here is of use and might help them or might support them through a difficult time or just to stay inspired because we need some goodness in our day-to-day life anyway. Uh, remember to subscribe. Until next time, everybody, stay wise. <laughs>